0: if you are a CEO, and it, I, I think it also terrifies people, because where should you start? Do you focus on blockchain? Do you go into crypto? Should you focus on extended reality? How important is artificial intelligence? So this is intimidating.
1: Welcome to the New Work and New Organization podcast, hosted by the Planet & Partner Think Tank. I am Helena Planet would like to welcome our guest, Professor Natalie Chance, head of the Bachelor Degree Program for Immersive Technology at the Lucerne University of Applied Sciences and Arts, as well as Program Director Executive Education and co-founder of Grapple, a consultancy focusing on emerging technologies. And last but not least, we are also currently partners in an innovation project in the area of hybrid work in an intercultural context funded by the Swiss Innovation Agency InnoSuisse. We will be speaking today about digital megatrends and new work. So welcome Natalie.
0: Uh, welcome, thank you very much that I can be here today.
1: Happy to have you welcome also on behalf of my co-host Campbell, our mascot and an advocate for sustainability and the long-term view. Our first question is this, you are working on some really interesting, really exciting things in an area that is developing super fast. How did your career journey take you to this point?
0: Well, I often wonder about this question myself, (laughs) to be honest. Well, I would say my career path until now has been quite disruptive. I started as a secondary school teacher and I was teaching languages and uh, history and and things like that. And that were the times when the internet came. So obviously we had to teach computer science and no one really wanted to do that. So uh, somehow I got into this because I was like curious and I was thinking, yeah, then I can learn myself uh, learning on the job. And so that quite fascinated me and then after eight years of teaching I realized that I want to do something else and my last station was at the Swiss International School in Rome and as I was also teaching Latin I went one day I went to the Colosseum and that was a really interesting day for me because I've read a lot about um, gladiators and uh, and stuff. And then I was there and I thought it was completely boring because I only could rent an audio guide there. And after like two minutes, yeah, it was already, yeah, not something worth the money. And then I was there and I like, that would be so cool if I could rent glasses uh, and walk around the, the Colosseum and then see how things, used to look, that I can see videos and pictures. So I went home and I did some research and I wanted to know, I mean, I was like, why nobody does that? Definitely not the only person who has this idea. And then I realized that there are technologies that can enhance reality or change reality. But that was like 15 years ago. So that was really embryonic state. But somehow this idea stuck with me and uh, so I did a master's degree. Of course, at that time, there weren't any courses that focused on AR, VR, uh, but I did something in new media journalism and then I also changed the career path. I was then a journalist and I uh, worked for public relations, was head of digital content. And I wrote my master thesis about augmented reality at that time and then i did a book publication out of that because i realized that there is really a lack of understanding in this area and that was out 2015 and this really developed a bit to uh, like a standard book uh, because it was the only one at that time and i got more and more
1: head of the bachelor degree program for immersive technology at the Lucerne University of Applied Sciences and Arts, as well as program director executive education and co-founder of Grapple, a consultancy focusing on emerging technologies. And last but not least, We are also currently partners in an innovation project in the area of hybrid work in an intercultural context, funded by the Swiss innovation agency, InnoSuisse. We will be speaking today about digital megatrends and new work. Welcome also on behalf of my co-host, Campbell, our mascot, and an advocate for sustainability and the long-term view. Our first question is this. You are working on some really interesting, really exciting things in an area that is developing super fast. How did your career journey take you to this point?
0: Requests. For consulting. I was running uh, an online editorial uh, at the, at, uh, at that time. So, at one point, I had to decide that what I want to do. And so, the next step was then to go to a university of applied science because I thought, ah, oh, okay, there I can do research, I can do consulting. So, that's really how I ended up where I am.
1: So you followed your curiosity, your interest and, and passion and yeah, that's how it should be in, in professional life.
0: Yeah. Uh, you are very
1: lucky. <laughs> so today, what are the hot topics for you in this area and what are you personally most passionate about?
0: Well, I think it's really fascinating, I mean, remember back in the early days of the Internet, who would have thought how much of an impact this will have on our daily lives. The way we communicate, how we work together, how we do business and the same with smartphones. And I think this is really fascinating because we simply don't know what new digital mega trends will come up next and how technology will shape our future. It's a bit the, the similar thing, but we realize that now it's like the fourth wave now we had the the first wave like ibm computers the second wave then were personal computers um next wave was then smartphone mobile cloud era and now we know that something else is coming but we just don't know how it will look like and so this is for me being on this verge and and really being close to this development, I think that is really
1: fascinating. So this reminds us on one hand of the past. You have mentioned several times now the early times of the Internet. And we both remember how some people were saying it is a fad and it will pass. (laughs) And that's what's happening with the emerging, currently emerging technologies as well. Definitely, yes. So now let's look at the future. And here this I'm coming to the question of my co-host, Kimber, being an advocate of the long-term view, would like to know from you how you see the midterm and long-term trends. That's an interesting question. I think
0: we don't know yet how it will develop, but what is really what we see now is that a lot of technology building blocks, they needed some time to mature and to reach a plot of productivity and now they increasingly intermesh and and they also drive each other like cogwheels for example if you have extended reality and artificial intelligence i mean they're very close and you need one needs the other i mean one needs the other and drives it on so working in this field of course involves also we cannot just focus on one area we have to constantly be aware of other areas and the developments there, because only then you see the potential that what you could use from one field and and bring it to the other. So this is one aspect. Uh, So whoever thought that the development was rapid until now, I think it will become even more rapid in the future. And of course, for companies, that's not an easy task. They find themselves in a a, a dual innovation challenge, I would say. On the one hand, there is the core business that needs to be addressed in a way. So that requires, of course, reliability, operational efficiency improvement, for example, customer service enhancement, increase the profits from the core business. And on the other hand, there is the future business that you already have to think about now. And this requires agility. So this is uh, not the same thing. You have to think about new products and services that you could develop, about new business models, new revenue streams. So for, I mean, in my function as partner of a consulting company that focuses on emerging technology, I get in touch with a lot of responsibles. Yeah, they are, it's not an easy task if, if you have to, uh, if you are responsible for a company, for example, if you are a CEO and it, I, I think it also terrifies people because where should you start? Do you focus on blockchain? Do you go into crypto? Should you focus on ex- extended reality? How important is artificial intelligence? So this is, is intimidating because you're next to that. You should still look that, I mean, yeah, that your company is, is running at, the, at at the moment. So this is one thing. And future trends, I mean, in my business, focusing, coming back to the initial questions, when you, you ask me uh, about the big trends that I see, we, I mean, we got used to computers. We got used to swiping on on smartphone. This is, uh, today we, we know how to do that. But we see now that technology wanders more and more into the space itself. And this is not just a new device type, I would say. It's a completely different design paradigm, for example, for for companies. And this also needs time. Remember when, I mean, for the last centuries, we as designers always decided on on the, the fragment that the user sees. It was always in a box, uh, starting with theater, cinema, movie, television, a computer screen, a smartphone, and now we we don't know how this box, also, this box is is is, uh, is removed, and this offers a lot of opportunities, of course, because um, we no longer force the user to, to look at the, the the box that we want him to look at, but it also is quite challenging, because we first have to learn with this uh, to
1: use these new possibilities that this offers. It's more like we are in the box now, because we put on the virtual or augmented reality headset and then we are completely immersed in what we want to see in our workspace or entertainment.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: And I mean
0: this, I think, uh when when i see people who try on a headset for the first time i mean it's not something that you do intuitively i mean uh, it's the same but then like people are really fast they are frustrated because for example they have problems using the controllers and then i said to them yeah but wait a minute i mean when you got your first iphone or your first smartphone it also took you a while to yeah to be able to use it and you know to to see how it works and it's the same thing here Uh, i think we are increasingly not very patient with technology (laughs) because uh, yeah (laughs) needs to be fast and people forget that it's a completely new device type but also a new design paradigm And that it comes with challenges, not just for the users who want to use the technology, but also for the designers. I mean, if you see a lot of VR applications today, they are very much still 2D, I would say. Two-dimensional or orientated on 2D dimensional design, for example. And very few of them really use the whole potential that we are would offer but because i mean that's clear uh, human beings tend to stay in their comfort zone and they know what works and if it works in 2d it's obvious that the first thing then is to try it out in in three dimensional space but then you are in the three dimensional space and you realize something is just not really working it's not really the way to do it, because it's not, it doesn't correspond to the medium.
1: As you say, it's not going to be a one-on-one transfer of what we have now into 3D virtual space, Mm -hmm. it's going to uh, be something new that's going to develop. And it's exciting to see, because we don't know exactly where it's going. Yes, exactly. some, uh, Some aspects that are not mentioned that much in the public conversation, but that seem to be around the corner as well, is the change of the interface that we have to the machine. Uh, What uh, do you say about the thoughts that the mouse and keyboard will disappear? Yeah, I mean, we see that
0: already now. I mean, uh, for example, I'm a terrible cook. But since i have my new steamer even i can cook because i mean this thing tells me everything i can program i can you know combine for example i can tell him i want to cook rice and and chicken and, and and vegetables and then he asks me so what kind of vegetable so i can program everything and then he reminds me now first you have to do this first you have to do that and this is all integrated in daily objects so we uh, that's what I, I i said with technology is i think somehow goes more into our surroundings i think this is a tendency that we that we really see and i think that's obvious that the next step probably is more using the three-dimensional space because as a human being we are born as three-dimensional uh, human beings i mean we're our brain is, is adapted to three-dimensional space. So it's, yeah, it's it's quite clear that maybe the next step that we will see is now in, instead of having a smartphone or a computer, which is, I mean, it didn't have the possibilities before. But the next step, um, I, I am convinced that it will use more the 3D space because we now have also the possibilities to use it.
1: Exciting, yes. Exciting to see what uh, what is coming there, what is on the horizon. So to tie it down to some concrete advice, some concrete recommendations, what would be your recommendations for business in a few bullet points? How to deal with this fast upcoming change where we can see some some great trends but we don't know exactly where it's going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I
0: said, I definitely understand that a lot of companies are afraid because yeah it's quite a lot and it's not just one development but several developments. And I really understand if people are scared. And I think the most important advice that I can give is you don't have to have all the answers yet. That's not the aim. That wasn't the aim when the internet came. I mean, it was impossible. I think what is important for companies is that they, they have to start moving now. And by starting moving, you have to think about, for example, your existing business model and how it might be affected by existing digital megatrends trends or upcoming mega trends that we already see on, on the verge. You have to analyze where your core competencies lie in your company or being aware of what your core competencies are and see that as an opportunity. I mean, how could these core competencies used in future potentially combined with new technologies and know-how? So it's it's not just a danger as many think, it's, it's also an opportunity, but It needs time to integrate this know-how in the company. That's not something that happens overnight and a lot of companies forget that. So my advice is don't act hasty. I'm not a fan of like uncountable innovation projects at the same time. This is not uh, something that I would recommend. Usually people are already heavily absorbed by their daily lives and if you overload the plate, uh, plate, none of the additional projects will probably succeed. Um, So, I would start with one or two smaller projects, develop them carefully, learn from the experience and develop the, the next steps accordingly. I know this sounds pretty obvious. But unfortunately, I, I see these mistakes quite a lot, that people out of fear, they, they act hasty and they they start a lot of innovation projects, but they all deem to fail because it's not very, uh, there is no strategy behind or it's it's just too much. And then people get frustrated. And this is the big problem that I see with emerging technologies. If people try something else and, and then maybe it doesn't turn out the way as it was expected, then they are frustrated and they easily then say, oh, well, we tried this out, but it didn't work. Uh, and it's like a general conclusion. But sometimes this is not very reflected, I would say. Sometimes maybe it was not technology's thought that the project didn't work because maybe it was just the wrong focus on the project or it didn't I mean that the strategy wasn't right behind or people didn't think enough what they actually want to achieve with this initiative. And I mean even if a project fails at the beginning, you it's not that that it was in vain because I mean this is exactly what's important now. You have to get the know-how and you get the know-how not just by success stories but also by failures. So, this is also something that I would um, recommend companies.
1: Learning and experimenting is important. Yes. Is there one more thing that you would like to emphasize to wrap up? Yeah,
0: I think, I notice often that companies, or or better said, people in charge, they react quite negatively towards technology as such. It's obvious it's a reaction, most of the time it's a reaction out of fear. And I partially understand that, but I think that's quite a problematic mindset to have because fear usually puts the brakes on and I mean, it's acting out of fear is not a very conducive atmosphere for innovation. So I would really encourage companies to change their mindset. Of course, it's challenging. But you could also see it in a different way. You can see it as an opportunity. And I think if you act from a mindset, where you think that this offers you new opportunities, it makes you easier to go this way, because otherwise you are constantly on the brakes.
1: Many thanks. Many thanks for this excellent conversation and for sharing your insights with our audience. It was a pleasure having you.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. I also enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.